Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book artist, writer and super nice guy Dan Butcher about what comics he would take into the apocalypse. But before we get into it, if you do enjoy the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Dan. Hello. How are you? I'm well, mate. Yourself? (laughs) Good. Yeah, not too bad. Pretty good. Fantastic. Good good Christmas and New Year? Yeah, it's not too bad. You know, kind of uh, relatively quiet. we were talking briefly before we came on about uh, New Year's, and I'm kind of so done with that. I, I'm I'm like in bed by eleven. It's... <laughs> straight up, mate. Straight yeah. up. I, I just about made it past midnight. Yeah, not one of these people that stands in a pub and then got to go around and <laughs> give people hugs at midnight that you don't know just because you're absolutely slaughtered. But uh, yeah, no, that's not for me. So over right. that. So over yeah. that. Like once once you get kids, it's just like. Nah. <laughs> yeah, kind of bored with this. Or even of a certain age, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I do remember my parents like going when I was uh, my son's age, going to like family or friends' New Year's, and I'd me and the, the other kids would be stuck in the the living room, wherever watching TV while they sort of uh, had a good old time. But uh, I don't know, maybe it's, it's changed. It's a generational thing. That, yeah, because uh, I I remember that as well, and we don't do that that much. Yeah. Uh, not, not really I don't, I, or at least I don't get the invites, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Me and you in the same boat, mate. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. And I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, so. exactly. I'm I'm happy at home, just yeah. you know, watching Netflix or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or reading comics. Yeah. Um, which is uh, which is what today's all about. Um, so, firstly, thanks so much for coming. To, to comics for the apocalypse it's a it's a pleasure to have you on board yeah pleasure and and kind of for for the listeners um firstly you know um what what are you what are you doing in in the space of comics and and where can people find out more about you uh, m- uh people might uh know me already from another podcast is the awesome comic podcast which uh i'm one of the hosts on with vince uh vince hunt and tony esmond uh, which, which is my, my my weekly my monday morning oh thank you um basically <laughs> <laughs> and uh we've just this week we've just been putting the finished touches to our uh the fourth issue of our anthology which is like wraps everything up and that should be published for uh true believers which is on the 2nd of feb so that's been a lot of hard work but it's been good to kind of get that done and dusted uh and also i do my own comic uh called vanguard uh, which yes. started out as a webcomic and now it's uh, two books have been printed. Uh, I've got to try and get around to get the third one done. And I'm just gearing up to start doing the 16th issue of that. Epic. So uh, I was complaining that I put kind of all the story beats in mm. into a, a Word doc and it came up to like 33 odd pages. And I was like, oh Christ. Oh, wow. And that's not even with like filling it out or putting any of the action bits in which... Oh my we'll add a little bit more so i don't have to go at it with a razor and trim it down uh, essentially that's for me that's what storytelling is is like it's relatively easy to come up with the ideas but trying to you know, hack away all the the mm. what you don't need and get to the very core of it 
I say, get get rid of the chaff, and yeah, you know, hopefully you'll end up with with a decent amount of wheat. But um, sometimes you have to cut away the wheat as well, which is uh, well, yeah, on yeah. the top of you're quite right, actually. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, Vanguard is such an undertaking because um, because how long have you been doing it now? I think uh, about maybe ten years or so. Oh, yeah, gosh, it's a very old time. It really is, mate. And you know, you you consistently post every week yes i get two updates a week essentially i try and make two issues a year sometimes i go over the stupid page count there's one there's a couple of issues that sail over 30 and a couple that sail over 40 pages but when you're doing web comics you can kind of do that because you don't have to stick to a 21 page or 24 page like monthly comic you can do what you want if i want a one page a splash page i can do that i'm my i'm my own boss but uh I kind of started because I wanted – if I if you, I was going to sit down with a piece of paper and pencil, I'd be like, right, what am I going to do? And I'd just probably doodle a little bit but not no real objective, whereas a biweekly webcomic was a way of kind of driving the talent to, to and focus to do something each week as opposed to sit around just pretty aimless or without a target. I mean, I worked with other people in webcomics to kind of get my head around it. And as soon as I – I understood what I wanted to do and how to do it. I, I was off on my own. Straight up. And what what a job you've done, mate. I mean, oh, thank it's, you. it's absolutely fantastic. I, I, I check it out every week. Um, and uh, yeah, I highly rec- recommend everybody listening to, to go check it out. It's, it's vanguardcomic.com, right? That's right, yeah. It's, it's all, all up there, all for free. Exactly. It's interesting watching the looking at the early pages and then looking at the more recent ones. So you can imagine over over years the style changes and improves. Yeah. But uh, I always say to them, don't go back to your old stuff and try and rework it because mm-hmm. that's like a snake in its ta- eating its tail. It really it's, is, mate. Don't yeah, George don't, Lucas it. Just no, don't, don't forget about it. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it's uh, what's the, what's the uh, fashion designer in The Incredibles? Um, oh, Edna Mode. Edna Mode, and she says, uh, "I never look back, darling." <laughs> you know just never look back just yeah. keep moving forward sage advice <laughs> hit it, hit it. fantastic um and then people on i think on twitter you're va- at vanguard comic as well yeah that's right on twitter it's at vanguard comic and uh I usually just post up a load of stuff on there stuff. <laughs> i try awesome. and, and your, your and gifts are amazing <laughs> they are the best I, i've tried to when I do like the update stuff, uh, so when you get a new page come out, try and get people's kind of attention because mm. I think there's, I was reading something about Twitter, like text tweets get a certain amount of interest, but images with tweets get more. Mm. So animated tweets, like it, it's got to be kind of optimal. Uh, so yeah, so I think if you're kind of doing that thing, trying to attach a good image of it to get people into what you're doing is uh, you've got to do it really. It's it's just like everyone's shouting all the time, and your voice has got to be a little bit more loud and interesting. Exactly, and uh, gifts are the, are the way forward, definitely. Yeah, and gifts are the way forward. A sterling job, so everybody Cheers. check it out at Vanguard Comic. <laughs> yeah, Straight go up. go read. I'm giving get. It's great when you get feedback off of readers. So if you enjoy it, feel free to to leave it. Exactly, exactly. Post it up. Um, right. Well, um, without further ado. Uh, let's get into comics for the apocalypse. Yeah. So starting off with the first question that everybody's asked, what type of apocalypse would you like to be in or or what type of apocalypse do you think you'd survive in? Uh, I think everyone thinks that they'd do fairly well in an apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. 
everyone think, yeah, I, 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 I reckon I could do all right. You know, like what's what's the problem? Especially zombies. Everyone thinks, yeah, I could probably kick kick some ass. Yeah. But actually, that'd be quite difficult. Uh, it'd be really difficult. <laughs> I've I've put this the, the apocalypse. I would like I would think I would survive in was the uh, Stephen King's The Stand apocalypse where the super flu kind of wipes out the majority of the population you're kind of either called to the good guys or the bad guys hopefully i'd go to the good guys because i'd hope so (laughs) i'd hope so (laughs) it can be in doubt sometimes but no hopefully i go there because there's no problems with food or water it's like it's all there there's no kind of uh crazy maniacs riding around in souped up v8s or (laughs) undead sort of uh assassins crawling around trying to, to take a, ch- a chunk out yeah so uh yeah that's that's what i would go for i think that's what and same with nuclear apocalypse everyone that's kind of like glorified but the idea of staying in a bunker for 24 years before <laughs> the you're gonna go stir crazy and, and vitamin <laughs> d deficient as well. right? it, it wouldn't work out well no so uh Not at all so we're in the stand by stephen yeah. king yeah um and uh and at the end of the podcast we'll find out what your uh your weapon, useful item, or tool of choice will be. Um, yes, uh, we'll, we'll we'll leave that for now until the end. Yes. Um, so um, now that we're in the stand by Stephen King, yeah, um, you're in a group of of people, and you're you're sitting around the campfire. Um, there's maybe a couple of people in the corner that have got the the virus yeah. <laughs> but you you guys are all doing well um and and the subject of comics comes up um and uh the first question that's asked is what's the first comic you remember enjoying ah interesting yeah uh i would like many people in the uk it's probably going to be the beano or the dandy mm. i do remember like reading that. i couldn't tell you one story that I read from it, but I do remember reading it often. Uh, and kind of after that, I graduated, as I met, manage, uh, met, imagine many do. Like all the all the comics I had available to me were essentially down the newsagent, and you'd go down there mm-hmm. maybe a couple times a week uh, after school or on the weekend to see what comics there were. And uh, oh crap! Hold on, my dog wants to go out. <laughs> oh no worries, mate. Don't worry. So good. It's all part and parcel of uh, of real life. Oh. What, what what's your dog's name, Dan? Sorry, sorry about that, bloody. I'll start. <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll take that from the top. No, no, that's all good, mate. What's what's your dog's name? Ray. I'm usually Ray. I, when I record, I'm upstairs, but my wife's working tonight, so I'm downstairs with him, and he's just decided he wanted to go out, so he started whacking oh, at the door. Bless him. Bless him. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, First comic is probably going to have to be like many people in the UK. Is the Beano? Is either the Beano or the Dandy? But I can't recall ever list uh, a, a particular story. But I do remember reading it, and I think my brother kind of got into it a bit more than I did. He was a member of the uh, the Dennis the Menace fan club. Mm. I'm pretty sure that was that was a thing. But uh, yeah, it was yeah, always it was. kind of like down the newsagent. You kind of that was your selection of comics, and we used to I used to go after like the. Uh, the Action Force. It was GI Joe reprints in the UK and Transformers. Classic. Yeah, and then you, I, could, you couldn't escape it, you know. No. Down the news agents. Yeah, that's kind of. Yeah. It was like A4 size, wasn't it? Quite big format. And then uh, I think I kind of graduated onto the American stuff with like the Marvel stuff. Mm. I do remember Grew by Sergio Argon, which was 
uh, I've got issues of that to this day. It, it's really? great. Yeah, that's wow. that's a such a great comic. Awesome. What's that about? It's kind of like a Conan the Barbarian uh, spoof, where mm. you've got this wandering uh, swordsman called Gru and his dog uh, Rufto, who uh, he's really dumb, he, but right. he's the, the best swordsman, and he he, <laughs> he gets into the scrapes and all the people around him. Essentially, a lot of the stories are always focusing on the people around him when their machinations trying to. Uh, get stuff done and grooves kind of like a, a, a cog a, a spanner in the, the works that kind of screws it all up and their kind of stories have big morals to them and it's interesting it's like running jokes and it's hard to describe i'd recommend p- uh, picking a couple of issues up because Brilliant. they're great like fun yeah it's really good it's a really interesting character that he's so stupid a lot of time when people are sort of taking the mick out of him he doesn't really understand but then if he gets angry and pulls out the swords, he can like turn over entire armies and cities and wow. everyone's you really scared. Him. Him. No, because he's kind of like, uh, you just don't get on his wrong side, but uh, yeah. But he's an absolute <laughs> klutz. Yeah. Just an absolute uh, idiot. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun though. Yeah. It's a really great comic. Fantastic. And, and talking about fun, um, the, the next question on the agenda around the campfire is uh, what's, the, what's the funniest or the, the comic that made you laugh out loud the most? Uh, people who know me, this is going to be an easy one, is Viz. I yeah. read that all the time and it's just... Brilliant. Uh, it's been banned by... My, I have to buy my own Viz at Christmas, my own Viz Christmas. Oh, really? annual, oh, my nice. wife won't, won't buy for me. <laughs> that's a sad state of affairs oh dear and, uh, there's a running joke whenever I get good feedback on the Vanguard site I always tell my wife it but I say it's by uh, B. Dutcher nice. <laughs> who's the number one fan so I write Fantastic. to Dan uh, Happy Christmas from B. Dutcher and then I put on a big show of opening it on Christmas morning not pretending to know who it, what it is <laughs> it's from <laughs> Which I imagine irritates her greatly, uh, greatly, but that appears to be like one of my my things in life is to irritate my wife, as all good husbands do. That's what you. And, that's what we we're here for, right? Yeah. Just, <laughs> we're letting the secret out. Oh no! Yeah, like, keep this under wraps. Anybody listening, keep that under wraps. All right. Winding the wife up. Yeah, but this this the humour in that is it really kills me. Uh, uh, just there's the letters column which really makes me laugh and. Uh, I often sort of like take pictures and we can send them to each other on the WhatsApp group, me, Tony and Vince. And uh, I've got into tradition now trying to buy them it each Christmas as well. Oh, so uh, bring the readership up a little bit. Oh, too right, too right. <laughs> and are, are there any specific stories from, from Viz over the years that kind of stand out for you? Oh, it's, it's weird because there, there was, when it first became popular, a load of other comics jumped up in the same same sort of uh style of it like adult comics but they were quite crude what a lot of people or what they missed was viz is actually quite topical so it would tackle kind of issues of the day like uh roger melly the kind of the, the obnoxious uh news presenter would be talking about brexit or something but putting a spin on it whereas all the others would speak like crude humor i'm trying to think one that pop- sticks out to me though there's uh Oh god, I can't remember. There's one where like a UN negotiator uh, tries to go to the bathroom next to the meeting, but the uh, the door is like made of slatted wood, and he's trying to go to the toilet quietly. And then all these oh, kind of like 
stupid things are happening like he tries to open the window and there's like a, a brass band playing outside and you hear all this kind of <laughs> tooting and roaring and the, the delegates are inside the room trying to not notice <laughs> trying to, so trying very, to negotiate <laughs> peace throughout yeah. the world so it's very uh slapstick but yes yeah, it's, it's oh, too right it's, it's the funniest uh, like, form of comedy isn't it yeah <laughs> fantastic Brilliant. so hopefully you get some last round of campfire oh that, i'm uh, sure it would yeah definitely uh, like reminiscing about fizz they might all be eyeing each other thinking if i'm going to be with the, the good guys or the, yeah, <laughs> the bad <exactly. clears throat> and uh kind of part part of this quiz is kind of working out whether or not people are good or bad yeah i think isn't it and kind of you know yeah. what, what's their take on the on the stories as well i mean because if someone i saw them sneering about like what what do you like about comics and they sneered obviously they'd be a bad person exactly and I would, sh- I would use my weapon of choice, which we'll talk about later, Bingo. to uh, to, to, to stave the head in. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, mate. You do. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so the next question that comes up is: is what's the saddest or, or most upsetting comic? There's a number, but there's one that always stays with me, and that's uh, Berserk by mm. uh, Kentaro Mura. Is it's hard to talk about just how sad and bleak it is. It's really, really heavy. Uh, the 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 themes throughout. It's one of those books you have to. It, there's many, many volumes of it, and mm. when you first start reading it, you think of it as just another kind of lone swordsman going around fighting bad guys. But as you get into it, you see that all the characters have some very deep psychological uh, issues and damage done to them, and that plays out through the story of them constantly trying to overcome their literal and figurative demons and it never going right for them. That's one of those comics that the, the author is always trying to do the worst thing for them. So yeah, if, <laughs> really if, if, you, bad situations. Yeah, if you see something good happen to them, it's like kind of the, the uh, ascent of a roller coaster up to the top before it, it, it drops. So it, they're getting built up to get knocked down, and the main oh, character through goes so through so much. It's it's hard to watch when you sort of like have like close friends to him betraying him or or selling him out, and it's a very it's a great read. I couldn't recommend it enough. Uh, it's I know there's uh, I'm not doing a very good job of selling it um, on being good to read, but it, it's really really sad, upsetting. There's come some mm. scenes that I've you can't really talk about because they're they're really not very PG. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's good read, really good read. Fantastic. And you know, it's, I know you're kind of saying that it doesn't sound like you're selling it, but sometimes I, I like to read stories like that because, Mm. you know, stories like that, it kind of, it helps us deal with that sort of stuff that's in the real world. Yeah. As well. Um, and kind of okay so yeah what would I actually do in that situation and not that I'm ever going to be kind of a lone samurai that's kind of you know up against it Um, yeah but uh, you know you can they're they're transferable kind of when the the characters are are working through kind of moral moral decisions and moral Mm. kind of choices you can as a writer as well you can see like it's great to see them characters being built up and when people make a choice that it's totally within their character, but it's totally wrong morally what they've done. So there's one character who essentially kind of has it all and it all gets stripped away from him and he gets a chance to 
get everything back and more but all he has to do is sell out his friends and he he does it and you never kind of really forgive that but you can totally understand why you would do it which yeah. makes what makes such a great character oh yeah yeah that's it's amazing um kind of to to do something completely against your kind of your better judgment but you do yeah. it because it's kind of i guess for the for the greater good um that, that's great storytelling right there yeah i mean I, I feel like if you can kind of work that into your characters of like rather than being evil for being evil or, or good for being good is uh, mm. if they got reasoning why they're doing see, see some people i've read where they criticized that, that element of uh having something in the character you can relate to but surely you've got to have that i mean every the bad guy's got to have a reason to be doing what he does and it's got to be relatable if he's just doing it just to be evil that makes him like a, a 2d villain that's totally uninteresting and, and totally not believable exactly like but, but behind every evil act there's there's something that's happened yeah you know, in that person's past to do it not to justify it in any way no. shape or form exactly but it, it's just it's just the reason that they yeah they i mean he's doing it way. Like we said about, uh, we mentioned before with Thanos, mm. he's doing, he's wiping out half the galaxies. He thinks that's the best thing to do, even though he's wearing a gauntlet that could provide so many other ways of dealing with a problem he thinks he faces. The way he deals with it is defined by the way he's been brought up and the way he's lived his life. And to him, it's totally justified and totally moral and totally reasonable to to wipe out half the galaxy with a click of his fingers. But yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. I feel like that sometimes too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Usually when I'm commuting. Yes. It would be great yeah. half the people On the central here. line, right. Yeah. That's it. I'm clicking my fingers. <laughs> when you're being forced in some man's sweaty armpit and you're like, oh God, what am I doing this for? <laughs> no thanks. Gosh. Yeah. I, I moved out of London a couple of years ago now, so um, I'm... I'm Past that away and, from that and, and I, I mean i do go into london sometimes and that does mm. happen but uh yeah I'm, I'm glad i'm out of that now i'm afraid of me I, when i've gone for jobs in the past i've always try and work out if i have to go in the underground and it sometimes it's swayed my decision whether i've gone for something or not because uh, i don't want to go in the underground there's one time i was walking uh, worked near green park and you, sorry near, near oxford street and i walked through green park to get to victoria and in the winter, Green Park is just like black. There's no lights. Wow. And it's like, you're walking through this park. There's no one around. And so I could get mugged here. Uh, that's the least of my worries, could get mugged. And even then, I was like, I'm not taking the underground. I'm, I'm walking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah, taking that risk. <laughs> um, and, and talking about getting mugged and uh, kind of generally being scared in the dark, uh, the, ne- the next question that pops up is, is the scariest or most horrifying comic? Oh, there's been a couple, uh, the uh, Uzumaki book, uh, which I've uh, recently got. I knew about the artist for a long time, uh, but I've only read a couple of these stories, one being the collected volumes called Spiral right. or Spirals. And again, that's really horrific. It's hard to kind of, for me, I think comics can struggle to, to chill readers, mm. uh, and, but this one does it almost effortlessly. He does it so well that with one of the things with uh, the, the tools in the box for horror films is the jump scare. I mean, that's an easy to go to, but you've got so many, t- you've got music, you can show information to the viewer for a moment. Whereas on the comic page, if you draw a panel, they can spend five seconds to 50 minutes looking at it and dissecting it. So having that kind of just a little flicker of 
something and your brain's trying to work out what it was you don't have that tool in comics so you you've got to be a lot more kind of uh you got to understand what you're doing a lot more and he certainly does uh rather than go for kind of quick shocks there's a a, a building of dread and a, a general creepiness through everything that it starts in this fishing village where they start seeing spirals and everything and it seems like spirals have their own kind of uh will and eventually it kind of brings this whole town into kind of madness and death where everyone starts succumbing to this and yeah that's one apocalypse we want to be caught into wow. it doesn't seem to be in. so the, the kind of they have to start building their houses in like a spiral routine a spiral formation towards the center of the village where this kind of thing's happening uh, it, it's monstrous yeah but a really good book really good reads sounds amazing yeah I'd, yeah, I'd recommend that. Out, definitely. Yeah. Spiral. I think it's Spiral. Let me uh, qu- do a quick Google. Uh, Uzumaki uh, Spiral. So, that is, yeah, Uzumaki, U Z U M A K I. And you, yeah, it's just called Spiral. Brilliant. I'm not going to try and say the kanji because uh, I can't. No, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But uh, yeah, people people uh, check out Spiral. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, yeah it's generally horrifying. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, and maybe on to a bit of a lighter note, um, what's what's the uh, the most meaningful comic to you? Uh, it's taking it back. It's going back to the Action Force and the GI Joe comics when I was a, a kid. Because back then we can see now essentially they were just kind of glorified toy commercials but yeah. the comics always kind of had a bit of i don't know always, always connected with them really enjoyed them and all these kind of the, the colorful characters and then i'd get the figures and i could kind of maybe that's where my storytelling started came, came from is like getting the figures and the vehicles and making your own stories uh the one of the things with I, I don't know if you've got this but with my own son like the figures are not really such a big thing anymore it's more kind of looking at games or he does play Lego, but the storytelling with action figures and, and whatever, that, that it's not so much of a thing anymore. But I guess we, because when we was young, we had to use our imagination because the games weren't really up to much. No, no, but, you had to figure it out yeah, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> really. uh, you never know. I mean, like seeing so much kind of great stuff on, on screens and what other people are doing and be a bit more interconnected, they might come up with even better stories. So yeah. it, it's too early to tell. But uh, yeah, that, that, I tried to track down all the kind of the old Action Force comics and ended up having to get a bootleg CD off of eBay to read them. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, because otherwise you have to, there's no collections. You have to buy them, go on eBay and buy them on. I've kind of this year definitely I've moved away from buying single issues and trying to get trades. Mm. I do make an exception for small press because you got to buy the small press, the single issues, yeah. otherwise there won't Support be a trade. You can right exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you think that's kind of the the genesis of your storytelling and kind of what could kind of could well be the storytelling that you are today. Yeah, I think kind of definitely. the the colourful heroes was sort of like. Uh, in vague military kind of garb and vehicles that certainly plays out through vanguard i'd say <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah i think you can probably uh trace the roots back to to there there's definitely have a, a thing in there 
No, definitely fantastic. Because um, yeah, I mean, I, I have a bit of a similar thing, but I, I, I had. Uh, do you remember Brave Star? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Is it thirty thirty though, or forty forty? Thirty thirty was 30, 30. Uh, was the horse his uh, his deputy with the shotgun. It was a robot yeah. horse that he rode, but then kind of when they went into battle, then you know it'd uh, stand transform. out transforming like yeah. like a massive shotgun as yeah. well. It was so good. And it was in New New Texas. It wasn't just New <laughs> Texas, it new, was New New, new Texas. <laughs> uh, it was so good. What was um, the name of the bad guy in that? I really can't remember, but uh, I remember he was kind of like uh Skeletor if he had kind of like a handlebar moustache. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember too much about this. I can remember yeah, there was like the the daughter of the local miner or something. It was kind of like a, a, a gingerhead lass. I can't remember her name. But, uh, yeah, I can't remember the names either. But it was it was a great setting. And I thought yeah. it was kind of, you know, um, underrated, in fact. Yeah. Um, I mean, I see a lot of kind of small press stuff, uh, more from the US that tries to kind of capture that feel. And they always, they always want to gun after like having a, a title sequence like one of those cartoons with the, all the graphics and the, the 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 soundtrack and i've seen a couple of do it and it's it's interesting to see but i always wonder people trying to recapture their childhoods oh definitely uh, i definitely be accused of that so definitely but you just you can't beat the x-men thing no tune. yeah it's, you're right it's impossible it is the it, best kids theme tune cartoon theme tune ever there's a fantastic uh, video on youtube where uh, a couple of musicians break it down and say why it's so good and really? the amount of work and beats per second in it is like well I, I i don't know anything about music apart from listening to it on my uh phone <laughs> but so when someone kind of breaks it down i was like oh i didn't even know about that and this is it's fascinating to sort of see see into a world like that isn't it and kind of the foundations that you don't know about exactly yeah uh when people say oh, i can just bang out a tune on the computer that's completely completely alien fortunately i sit next to a bloke who or behind a guy who does a plays in a band and he's got a synth and uh, me and him are talking about doing something together Wicked. so uh, yeah it won't be me playing the music but he'll 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 be doing that hopefully getting on that that sounds cool I look forward yeah. to that that's yeah. nice um and so the the next question pops up around the campfire which is which is most underrated comic now, can you can you bring one to mind? I would say generally, there's a heck of a lot of titles in the small press world mm. that uh, are generally kind of. I feel like they need so much more exposure. I mean, that's one of the things we do on the the awesome uh, podcast is try and kind of shine a light on these people like you and I who kind of work away punching out these comics, mm. and it's sort of all blood and sweat and tears trying to get these things made and then to press. And walking around cons and coming across a, a title or a creator uh, I've been previously unaware of, it's just absolutely great. I, I love it. It's such a great feeling to pick up someone else's kind of hard work. And you know it hasn't come from like a, a corporation and it's not ticking boxes. It's literally from the creator to you. And it feels like a very pure vision. And I, I, I love it. I think it's great. I mean, there's many titles I could say like uh, – uh, porcelain it's fantastic follow me in by uh from avery hill yeah god there's a slew yeah yeah i mean just this past year there was a there's an epic amount of indian small press titles 
that came out that were fantastic and probably the best place to to go check out all those is pipe dream comics is top 100 from this year. yeah good shout yeah um it's probably like all of the titles on there are probably underrated i mean admittedly milford green my title is in is at number 95 so i made it in the top 100 so you're I'm in selling there. myself yeah. there <laughs> but <laughs> like, shamelessly um but yeah I, I recommend um everybody go check out the the pipe dream comics top top 100 for last year um, on the, fantastic, on the, which in, on the, includes the the awesome comics it does yeah i think we we tabled there somewhere i couldn't tell you where <laughs> yeah, i think maybe 30s or something oh that's all right maybe more oh, nice one. uh we also recommend like a lot of small press titles are putting their comics on the comic house uh, mm. app which is great i mean i've come across stuff on there which i've meant to pick up and then just seeing it on there and reading it on the app is great. And uh, that's only a few quid a month. And yeah. there's such a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, especially one, for, one, the price of one issue a month you get. Exactly. So and there's a, so much UK stuff on there. And hopefully when more US people start seeing how well it's, it's getting on. Because I've, I've put all the Vanguard on there. And I've got more money from that than I have from uh, Comixology which is just seems to be an up, absolute uphill battle trying to get money. Totally. Or, I mean, you know, you've really got to be a mainstream publisher to yeah. kind of make that worth your while, I think. You're kind of literally battling up against the, the, the big guys, like, because you've got not only DC, Valiant, everyone's on there. So, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, for me, it's, it's all there for the taking. Yeah, and, just try and get your comic out to as many people as possible and then under as many eyes as possible. And I, I don't think you can go far wrong. Too right, mate. Too right. Um, and so this leads on to like the, the final few questions. And uh, this one is, for you, what's the best comic of all time? The best comic of all time. Oh, yeah, uh, I know. it's quite, it's quite a, yeah. <laughs> an undertaking. I always go back to this comic and pick it up, and it's because I really enjoy reading about the character. And it's uh, Punisher, born by Garth Ennis and oh crap, Daryl, uh, the the artist on the boys. I can never remember his bloody name, but uh, it's a fantastic series of kind of before Frank Castle becomes the Punisher, and you see like almost the, the remaining bits of his humanity bleed out. And it's such a great story uh, watching. It's more of a story about the people around Frank is he, he's in this unit uh, and it's the end of the Vietnam war. And he has to kind of get this uh, fire base kind of up to scratch and it all goes really badly wrong. And from that kind of bloodbath, the, the punish is born out of it and it's interesting seeing it's a real good character piece of you see these little elements of the, the man he's going to become uh, mm. being sewn in, in, in within the story. And uh, I always go back to it and read it at least like a couple of times a month. Really? So, wow. Yes. Brilliant. Really, really interesting one. Amazing. Um, and so if you could only take one comic into this apocalypse from this list, which would it be? That's... I think I would have, I was trying to think of a comic that which would remind me of happier times and how like the world would have been when I was back knocking around doing whatever, like in the Stephen King world, in the stand, it's, yeah. it's not too bad. I mean, the shops would be full. The people who die would kind of like waste away. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I say that like it's a great thing. But yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting this up against like other apocalyptic kind of scenarios. Uh, I think this is kind of like a, 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 a an optimum one. Uh, but yeah, I, I would pick as a recent book. It's called uh, "Follow Me" and by Catriona Chapman, and it's just such a lovely book, like a travel log of her and her boyfriend going around uh, Mexico as tourists, and a kind of personal story un- unfolding between the couple. And it would be like if the life in the apocalypse was a bit of a, a, a misery, you could like take joy in reading that book and seeing all these wonderful sites that perhaps you'd never ever get the chance to see again if you was there was no more airplanes and uh, means of transport or getting there. And uh, yeah, that's what kind of yeah, I'd, I'd probably go for something like that. So uh, uh, like light positive, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and good art. We're sort of running around trying to catch a rat for my dinner, covered yeah. in rags, oils. That was <laughs> sounds lovely. <laughs> that's just my normal Saturday night. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's average. <laughs> you know, test me. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'll go for. Fantastic. <clears throat> Follow me in, and that's for, that's from Avery Hill. Yes, right. that's absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think it's about fifteen twenty quid, and you get. a absolutely fabulous book i'll use the l word luscious and it's jam-packed with illustrations that cat did back in the day uh like like a tourist guide to things they see in their journey through mexico i can't do it justice you really have to pick that one up and check it out brilliant go down your local comic shop and yeah and, and check it out definitely fantastic um and so this brings us back to our um to our apocalypse and like what we were talking about at the beginning uh, yeah. what weapon tool or useful item would you like to take into the apocalypse this we're relatively well prepared in our house i say relatively we've got like an emergency uh bag for like if a, a, an event yeah. happened like yeah. we bought it and it's got like Go water purif- yeah exactly it's like water purification stuff in it it's got some mres like the military kind of quick meals uh, and it's because I had sort out the, the under the cupboard, under the stair cupboard after Christmas, and I came across it there. And it's like a big red rucksack full of stuff, uh, and that's ready to go. And one of the things I'm going to be getting soon is I don't know, I might never need it, but just in case I do, it's a 48 inch uh, heavy duty gorilla wrecking bar. And wow. <laughs> don't muck about with that. Is it well? So, you're not going to take somebody on that's got that in their hand. Also, it kind of doubles up. If I want to get into some place, it's exactly it actually it makes get, sense. Yeah, so it's kind of it's a tool yeah. and a, a weapon. And if I get injured, I can use that to sort of hobble along on or something. I don't know. Yeah, as well. But, it's kind yeah. of like got a variety of uses. That's and that, that's why why don't they use more kind of crowbars? <laughs> yeah, God in, knows. Uh, I mean, in apocalypse shows, yeah, in comics. Uh, they should uh, be prepared and get one beforehand, like I am. <laughs> <laughs> too right, too right. Be well I mean, uh, you can pick a gun because if we were stuck in England, there's no guns around and no ammunition. I don't know how to fire a gun apart from a bloody shotgun and clay pigeon shooting. <laughs> and uh, what else can you do with a gun? It's a gun. Exactly. <laughs> you can't. You, you can't take out nails. You can't. Nah. You know, <laughs> take out floorboards exactly <laughs> perfect awesome jimmy, 
cheating my way into someone's home where the occupants are screaming. <laughs> and I was like, give me your food. <laughs> Got a bit wow. dark there. <laughs> and, That's uh, a Sunday. <laughs> a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, and I trust that you're not going to be taking this crowbar to true, true believers. No, no, I, I won't. <laughs> I won't be there. I've got I've got a couple of uh, surprises planned, but uh, that's all very hush hush. Oh, exciting! So, uh, you have to turn up on the day for that. Fantastic! And uh, for for True Believers, it's OKTrueBelievers dot com. If people want to go, it's a it's a comic festival in uh, in Cheltenham. I'll be there. Dan, you'll be there as well. I will be, as well, yeah. As well as the rest of the awesome comics team, yeah, um, which is fantastic. As well as Sarah Millman from last week's episode. Excellent. So, um, it's it's all going on. Um, and uh, speaking of which, have you got anything that that you can talk about that's coming up in the future? Uh, what have I got coming up in the future? Uh, I've been I'm trying to make the move to uh, to digital. So I've been saving up my pennies trying to get an iPad Pro and I've been done so much research into it. I can't wait to kind of get my hands on it and, and give it a go. So that's my plan for the next couple of months is to move over to digital. Right. How that how that'll work, I don't know. So uh you watch this space. Out, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds sounds fun. So you'll be doing all your art on the iPad Pro. Well hopefully like I'll do the drawing stuff on it and then the the colouring and what have you on the uh the big computer. That said, mm. it, I might be able to. I don't know. Or I have to I have to see what it holds. Research into it. Oh that'll be exciting to see what yeah. you come up with from that. Hopefully it's a wise investment otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> well make sure you do your research beforehand. Maybe. Yeah. Before taking the plunge, but uh, it sounds exciting either way. Um, fantastic. Well, and uh, thank you so much for sharing what, what comics you wanted to take into the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, and, and just one last time, where, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic, and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. That's the outro I use every week on the awesome pod, so I'm pretty good at saying that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, exactly. That's well rehearsed. Well rehearsed. Fantastic. Um, and uh, for, for the awesome comics podcast, people can just basically Google awesome comics podcast and they'll be able to find it, right? Yeah, we've, in our little secret little WhatsApp group, we've been uh, talking about the guests we got on and we've got some re- quite big names coming on. So, yeah. Uh, it's kind of difficult because we swing from like where you can be quite friendly with small creators and then you get these bigger names and you've got to kind of change tact a little mm. but, uh, it's going to be fun and interesting yeah i like that though i think kind of the fact that you have such kind of a, a broad variety of guests from kind of small press and indie to larger names i think that's really great yeah it's interesting trying to get like a little kernel of wisdom off of everyone and mm. It's uh, certainly helped me in my sort of creative process over the years. Definitely. Um, and, and hopefully Comics for the Apocalypse will be a bit of a resource and a bit of an insight into, into creators' minds as well. So yeah, seeing um, I hope what, to contribute to that. Yeah, what people read and what they recommend, uh, you, you can't go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Thanks for having me on. Perfect. It's been a pleasure. My, my pleasure, Dan. And uh, take care. And I look, look forward to seeing you at True Believers. Yeah, I'll see you then. Awesome. Perfect. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Dan for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Dan's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of the show's social links as well. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.